going to record this meeting. We're recording this uh, just for those who are not are not able to make it, and uh, we'll we'll do our best to get this uh, posted, uh, even for those who are here, uh, either sometime tonight or or tomorrow first thing. Um, so hopefully, um, hopefully, folks are seeing um, a screen that says grades uh, eight through 11 course selection. Mr. D, can you give me a thumbs up if that's what people are looking at? Okay, great. Um, we're gonna start with some, some basic introductions. Um, the list you see here, not everybody is here right now, but the list of folks you see here are our department leaders, um, as well as uh, Mr. Demeglio, me and Ms. Tobin, who is our special education team chair. Um, Specific questions about these disciplines can be directed to any of these individuals about courses in those departments. Um, the, um, oh, I'm missing Miss um, Mutak as uh, the special education uh, curriculum and instruction leader as well. So there's, uh, we gotta revise this slide. I apologize, Miss Mutak, if you're out there. Um, and if you have specific questions about any of the classes within these departments as we go along, any of these folks are equipped to answer them. The other three individuals who are particularly important with respect to this process are our three guidance counselors um, here in virtual form, but they're all uh, on the call as well. Um, Ms. Smith, Ms. Toto, and Ms. Cotter, um, their caseloads are listed there. Um, and specifically, as students go through the process of moving from recommendations and what they've been recommended for to the actual course selections for the coming year, uh, they will be conferencing in many cases with their school counselors. And if there's uh, any kind of difference between what a student may have been recommended for and what they want to take, the school counselor becomes really that first line of communication. Um, all three of them are gonna, I'm sure at some point, chime in over the course of the evening. Um, they've been distributing course selection sheets this week to students and that's something we'll, we'll come back. Um, we'll come back to as, as the night goes on. As far as um, some of the background, some of the context for course selection, and this is maybe more geared towards the younger students because those who are currently in grade 11 and rising into grade 12 have seen this before. Um, but this is where we start to really focus in on um, graduation requirements. This wasn't something, if you're a parent of an eighth grader, this is not something that we necessarily spoke about last year or over the summer. And quite frankly, it's probably not something we spent a lot of time talking about last year with our ninth graders. I say that because graduation requirements and pathway requirements, something we'll talk about in, uh, in a few minutes, are mandated. They're, they're set by the school committee, their policy, and they are required. Now, we have different ways of getting students there. Uh, we have different ways of meeting these requirements, but ultimately, these are things that students have to pass. And it becomes particularly problematic, and in particular this year, um, being the, the situation that we're in, 
uh, if students don't pass some of these classes. Now, for the most part, our graduation rate is strong. We're up there in that like 96, 97, 98% rate. But every now and then um, students fall behind by not passing an English and not passing a math. The good news is where it says science, we have flexibility. Um, in science, we have the ability to count classes that are things like engineering. Um, in the arts, it's not necessarily just a fine art class. It could be a performing art class. And in some cases, even some of our technology classes can fall into the arts. Uh, the one thing we will share is that within these disciplines, uh, whatever the students may take, they can't double dip. So if a student uses an engineering class as a science requirement, he or she cannot use that class also for their arts requirement um, and, and so on and so forth. So guidance counselors will work with that and, and work with students on making sure they, they earn the right number of credits so, so they can graduate. Um, as we look at our classes, we really only have a couple of levels um, college prep, honors, and AP. We do have a few classes that are uh, offered at the conceptual level um, or a level below college prep, but those are typically determined by the team, uh, the student special education team. Um, there is a difference in the content and there is a difference specifically in the level of independence that happens when we move into an honors level class. As somebody who taught honors, somebody who taught AP, as somebody who taught college prep, and as somebody who taught the conceptual level, the goal is that each one of those classes, regardless of, of how a student enrolls in them or who is enrolled in them, that it, it's, it's testing them and pushing them appropriately. Um, in some cases, a college prep class is going to be a step for or a challenge for some students. And we also want to guard against taking too many of any one level. Um, we've been really fortunate that over the last couple of years, uh, students have been really smart about how they've balanced their schedule because the last thing we want to see is for a student to take, for example, five AP classes and as a result, burn out. And that could be really problematic. Um, so as we have students review their, their, uh, their course selections, these questions are, are what we ask them to consider. And I'm gonna ask um, maybe one of the guidance counselors to chime in because they are starting to work with students on picking classes that um, matter, particularly as they have more flexibility, um, particularly with electives moving forward, grades nine through 12. And I know Ms. Smith, Ms. Cotter, Ms. Toto are all here. Um, would, would one of you like to maybe, maybe bop in and, and share how you go through the, the course selection process and students maybe picking things that are of value to them. Hi, Mr. Ribbon, um, Mrs. Smith here. So when we um, work with you guys to help finalize your schedules, a few things come up. Um, sometimes it's a question of if you're recommended for honors in a number of subject areas, it's, you know, do I take honors? Do I take college prep? So we'll have conversations about where do your interests lie? Where are your strengths? Because if you are a student that's really strong in math and science, we may say, hey, let's look at the balance of it. Do honors in math and science, but maybe you're going to do college prep in, in history and English. Um, we kind of take that on a case-by-case -case basis as we get to know you too. For electives, 
that's just us trying to get to know you. What are your interests? And again, what are your strengths? Because as you get to the higher grades and the higher levels, your schedule opens up a little bit each year where you get to take a few more electives. And we want you to start exploring what you're interested in, because if say you do take a few of those art classes and you're really interested in them and you're loving them, we're going to want to help sort of continue that on throughout high school. Or maybe you take that tech class that you've been kind of curious about. We're going to start to work with you to sort of explore the different options, how they'll fit in your schedule, and also how it's going to balance out your overall rigor and course load. Because we don't, you know, not necessarily, you know, even if you're recommended for certain courses, doesn't mean you're going to go that route. Um, so if you have any specific questions, feel free to reach out to your school counselor and we can help to um, better sort of individualize the process for you as well. Thank you, Ms. Smith. Um, one other thing that, that sometimes gets on people's minds are, you know, the, the idea of what colleges may consider. Um, and what's interesting is that this has started to shift um, fairly drastically over the last uh, several years. And again, um, we have our counselors on. Um, we do not report out class rank um, on our transcript for a number of reasons. So GPA is, is really a measurement of the student against themselves, not against others. We stopped reporting class rank for a number of reasons. Um, some schools, uh, I'll give you the most specific one, is that when some colleges would ask for a percentile of students uh, and they would say, well, what's in our top 10% of us, say a class in terms of rank, in a school like Uxbridge, where on a high end, we'll have 120 to 130 students, a kid could be ranked 14th, have a very, very strong GPA, and not make that top 10%, which we have seen actually end up inhibit their, their post-secondary opportunities. So we stopped reporting rank. Um, if there is a college that specifically asks for rank, we can provide something um, you know, top 5%, top 15%, top 20%. But the colleges have really shifted what they look at. Um, a number of them have decided to forego standardized tests, for example. Uh, we still offer the PSAT. We still offer the SAT. Uh, we have a number of students who take the ACT. Uh, but we have found that there are many, many other factors that colleges will consider beyond I just want to take every AP class I can. Uh, and specifically, they're looking now more, more coherently and more specifically at what skills student ha students have. Uh, uh, Ms. Smith, Ms. Co uh, Ms. I almost called you Ms. Cotto. Ms. Toto and Ms. Cotter, anything uh, to add on that front? Because uh, we've been doing pretty well with the, uh, the college search this year. And maybe, uh, maybe something for the parents on how this has been different this year for the class of 2021. I can answer that a little bit. Um, so we've definitely seen a shift um, this year in what colleges are looking for. There's a lot less emphasis on those SAT scores, um, on those um, you know, in-person interviews and things like that, because a lot of this stuff can't happen, right? So they're looking more at how how you're accessing different classes in high school, that you're taking different sorts of levels, that you're challenging yourself, but you're not drowning yourself. Um, like Mr. Rubin said, they don't necessarily want to see you take 
a million AP classes and then burn out in them or get a C in them and not do overly well. They would rather you take those more difficult classes and the classes you're comfortable with and see you understand yourself and take some lower classes or some just standard CP level classes in other subjects. Um, it's important for them to, to see that you understand yourself as a learner too. Um, extracurricular activities has also shifted because those have been pretty limited um, and you know students have had to go and do extracurricular activities in a more unique and virtual way so they're definitely looking more well-rounded um, versus just SAT and just scores. Thanks Ms. Toto. Um, so we I'm not going to go through all of this um, but what we ask our students to do is sign up for uh, 14 credits and credits are defined one a, a class each semester um, is one credit. So a full year course is two credits, uh, a half year class is one credit and students sign up for 14. Um, they do have to meet these different criteria. That we ask that the students select five alternates, um, although for the most part, we don't go five deep. Uh, every now and then we run into some situations where classes either fill up or they don't fit. But for the most part, um, we, try to, we try to give kids at least some of the classes that they want students. Sorry, I don't mean to call them kids. Um, one of the things with our course selection process that is different this year, um, is that though the students are signing up and they have a course selection sheet, typically we would have had time in class for the students to um, interact with the teachers and discuss those recommendations. This year, what we did was we had the teachers input all of their recommendations. The students got to print out with those recommendations and they'll sit with guidance in the next week or so and start to input those courses based on teacher recommendation. Um, the teachers haven't had a lot of dialogue because our time in the building has been limited. So if you see that course selection sheet and you look at it and you say, well, gee, my son got recommended for a geometry honors and I really think they should take geometry college prep. My suggestion would be that's where we would, we would have you reaching out to the teacher or having your, your, uh, your student talk to the counselor. Um, we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, the other thing that we have an opportunity to provide, and this is looking more at the um, upperclassmen for a moment, um, but for you underclassmen, um, keep an eye on this as well, is something that you don't see necessarily on the recommendation sheet, but is open to our juniors and seniors. And those are courses that are, are early college. Um, we offer between... Uh, depending on the availability, uh, between six to eight schools that are uh, six to eight courses that are early college, we offer them through Quinn Sigamon. Um, there is a cost affiliated with it in that it's $250. But at the end of the course, the students get three credits and um, a grade that transfers. Um, that transfer credit um, we have not yet seen it denied really at, at many places. It's automatically transferable at any of the Massachusetts colleges, state, university, um, otherwise, um, community colleges as well. And because of the regional reciprocity <laughs> agreement, <laughs> a student would also um, have the ability to um, transfer those to you know, URI or UNH, UMaine, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, typically, students will take their their English elective, their English core class as seniors. We also have offered a, a psychology class. We have offered a class uh, this year called uh, First Year Experience. Uh, there's an economics class that we have run in, co in collaboration with another school. Uh, they have done away with placement testing for um, early college. So uh, it is a really good opportunity. The one thing, full disclaimer, that um, is sometimes different is much like real college, the course varies greatly depending on the professor. And it is not taught by an Uxbridge High School teacher at this point. Um, it's done online through the college. It's incorporated into their daily schedule. Uh, we did not have a single student. Um, we have only, I shouldn't say we haven't had a single student. Upwards of 90 to 95% of our students pass the class when they take it. Um, and we try to support them as best we can. The good news is uh, for students who pass it, they've knocked out a couple of classes for their, uh, their freshman year of college, and they've done it at a, at a significantly reduced cost. Um, if, uh, and there are some of the classes that we are offering, if there is a class that students are interested in taking, they'll work that out with their guidance counselors. We fit it right into their schedule, and it, there's a lot of flexibility with where it fits because it's offered online and we can plug it in just about anywhere in their schedule. Um, the other opportunity that we have, um, and this is maybe looking at the younger grades now, uh, particularly our eighth graders who are coming out of um, what we have as a, a pathway exploratory class, is as Ms. Toto mentioned, there's, a, there's been a real strong movement, and this is on a national level, um, on skills-based hiring. And this is where our innovation pathways come in. Um, I'm uh, proud that we have three in, um, in manufacturing, in, in, in um, media and information science and in biomedical science. And we also have uh, a fourth one in the works, uh, which hopefully we'll get approval on and be able to publicize in business. And what that does is allow students who enter into one of these pathways ninth, 10th grade is when we onboard students to earn credentials and skills based on the technical courses, earn courses credit based on their academic classes, either through APs or early college, and finally um, complete a senior project or an internship, which really becomes sort of a culmination of what they do. Um, for example, in engineering, Mr. Smutok teaches a class called Engineering Design and Development, which is a capstone class. In fact, it's the capstone class for the students who are in biomed. And the, the kids do some really cool things and get to use some um, pretty amazing equipment that most high school students don't have access to. Um, the benefits, because it's pretty authentic, um, the, the college level coursework is, is right there. Um, our students who take engineering are more than prepared uh, for college level classes in these areas. And it's actually the same across all the pathways. Um, it's, uh, it guides towards that internship and, and students can choose their program. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm very good friends with Mr. Steele, the principal over at Valley Tech. And he and I have talked about the, the challenge that sometimes Valley Tech has, uh, which again is just different in that students have to go through that exploratory in grade nine and then get matched into a shop. 
And if their vocational program isn't what the students necessarily like, uh, students are sometimes left disappointed. Whereas here, students can just pick their pathway. It's just different. If a student wants to be in engineering, they're in engineering. If a student wants to study um, something like um, biomed, they can study biomed. It also does not run in conflict with any graduation requirements. So students who are taking this, they don't have to worry about, well, gee, if I take my pathway class, am I going to not get the English, the math, the science that I want to want to get in? Um, I'm going to pause here for a second because I'm going to show a quick video um, that we've put together on, um, on the way our pathways work. And um, I'm going to hit pause and we come back. I'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll move on to just sort of the mechanics of the next few weeks. So give me one second to see if I can bring this guy up. And um, hopefully it works. Is the sound all the way up? I don't hear anything. I don't know if anybody else does. We're working on it. Can I hear anything? There was no sound? Nope. Oh, that's a bummer. Um, give me one second to try and, and figure that out because there should have been sound. Um, and if there's not, we will just... Um, We'll just send the link out and we'll watch it later. So I don't spend a lot of time on the technical side of it. Um, bottom left corner, share sound. Give me one second. Um, uh, hold on a second. There you go. Going? Yep. Great. Pathway classes have exposed me to more opportunities that will be useful in the real world, from problem solving to working with others. I'm able to learn more about what excites me, and this has allowed me to narrow down what I would like to do after high school. I love mathematics and problem solving, so for me, the engineering courses have been right up my alley. You have to definitely mess with that because the thickness of the material slash the if you did with that box in right you yeah you rolled the exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm in the engineering pathway classes and I like that it's really hands on and you can see what you build. Um, when I get feedback from the industry, I learned that you really got to learn about the real world problems and you're able to learn different things like the cost of things and how big it is. Um, learning in these classes, I'd say the highlight has been being able to build different things. Like last year, I built a marble sorter and we got to go to UMass Lowell and get feedback from different people. I like the engineering pathway classes because they allow me to explore my passion for engineering while still in high school. I also like that the engineering classes provide me with unique opportunities like 3D printing and even college credit. I'm going to be taking these classes because they've taught me real-world skills that I'll be able to use in my engineering career. The most prominent moment in these classes so far is the field trip I was able to take to a company called Lenza. 
This experience was very hands-on and allowed me to get a first-hand view of the real manufacturing world. Overall, I would say that the engineering pathway classes have been a great occurrence through my high school years, and I highly recommend that other students get involved with them at Oxford High School. I think for me, being a part of a pathway class has been really fun and beneficial. And I, I think it's opened up a lot of possibilities, possibilities I might not otherwise get if I were trying to explore something on my own. You're going to make all the different systems and all, all the different parts. It's funny how our innovation pathway programs have mirrored the engineering design process. You know, we, we built a prototype and we tested it and we went back and we revised it. And since then we've, we've made some adaptations. And as a result, we have a program that our students, our teachers, our counselors, our support staff, and our community can get behind. And we have uh, really enjoyed a lot of success. And I'm so proud of, of the work and the partnerships that we've been able to pull together over these past couple of years. And having industry professionals or individuals who've explored the arts come in and talk to you or talk to a class is really helpful because you get to ask questions and learn more about what it is that you may want to explore further in the future as a career um, is, is super, super helpful. And I think personally, in these kinds of classes, I think having students, you know, take different classes, having the right individuals teach them, you know, is, is a good thing. You know, getting to learn more of what you're good at and what you're not good at and what you like and what you don't like and finding more of your artistic style. Um, and when you have the right people teaching you and you have these, these courses, these classes, they really, you know, get to open up more possibilities, possibilities, you know, like exploring uh, the arts in higher education, such as college. Oh, um, having these right classes and having the right people you know, teach them is, is super beneficial even in a high school setting. So as you could see, and, and I'm going to throw to Mr. Demeglio here for a second, um, I, I, sort of our, our, our hope when we started building these programs, um, and this is a look at what our manufacturing pathway looks at, uh, looks like, is that students would get a core group of academic classes that lands with students getting uh, college level credit, and that students would be able to pursue something on the technical side as well. And 
Um, you know, Mr. Demeglio brought the first 3D printer here um, probably about 10 years ago, right? And uh, now we have, I think, 14 3D printers, two laser engravers, two routers, um, uh, 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 two new lathes. One's, a, I think, a computer-integrated lathe, two saw stops, 12 drones. Uh, the anatomy table that you saw over in the biomed is, is one that's used in medical colleges and teaching hospitals. It's a 70 something thousand dollar piece of equipment. Uh, you saw the kids working on those mannequins. Some of the footage was from last year. They, they weren't wearing masks. That wasn't, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't recent. Um, but Mr. D, I think one of the things as, as, and we're not going to go through every single one of these slides, the idea is that kids walk out with skills and that's uh, what we hope for, for everybody. And I'll let you chat about it as a, uh, as the tech ed guy who, who brought that first 3d printer all those years ago. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. Um, but you know, it, it, it took a vision and, you know, we, we continue to have that vision, but you know, ultimately it's, it's using your mind and some, and some skills that you build along the way to, you know, mirror what's going on in industry. And um, excuse that, me. That was the vision. So, um, you know, along the lines. I like of, your jawline, Queen. Along the lines of uh, being able to build things that uh, are, are real and have them, uh, oh, I don't know, mirror things that are going on in in, in society is so important. Um, when you can when you can use your mind and your hands and build those skills, you, you, that education is top notch. So we went and we we just you know fostered that along the way. So. We're continuing to, continuing to build. Um, and again, the same thing exists in, in biomed. Um, we also have a, a digital media pathway, which technically falls under the, uh, the guise of information science. And beginning next year, again, hoping uh, to begin one in finance and logistics. Uh, we have some great partners. You know, we put it out. We had a couple of parents who've, who've already offered their expertise um, and, and also trying to integrate in um, some of the, the world language pieces as well. So students can hopefully, um, you know, be multilingual and be ready to work in, a, in an increasingly global economy. Um, and again, we talked about it. Um, our project lead the way classes, our innovation pathway classes, they, they overlap in the middle between, you know, student skills, industry partner skills, and uh, the skills students pick up as employees. Um, and Mr. Demeglio just kind of touched on it, that we are really trying to focus on skills, skills, skills. That doesn't mean that we're giving away content. And I think that's uh, probably the most important piece of this is that the students are still, they're doing applied math. They're doing, uh, you know, they're, they're learning how to communicate. They're learning how to problem solve. They're learning how to work with others. And on top of it, those same skills are being done in the academic courses. Um, and as we transition on this presentation to some of the academic classes, um, I'm just gonna skip past a couple of the videos that we have, you can watch them later. Um, we're not gonna go through department by department, but as students take these core classes in, um, in the disciplines, the hope is that they will get some of this same uh, experience of skills and and that same um, passion for learning through content that they that they liked and um, what's going to happen um, over the next couple of weeks is you know you you 
all of the students have uh, received a course selection sheet that shows what the different courses are at each at each grade level. In fact, the grade 11 English classes is actually now just grade 11 English. There's some elements of world literature, but there are also some other um, other topics that have been merged in there as well. Um, the electives in English, actually a couple of them have counted towards core credit too in certain situations. Um, film studies, for example, can count towards uh, meeting an English credit. Uh, however, it is not approved by some of the colleges for students who are looking for academic, uh, athletic eligibility. So we, we do list it as, um, as an elective. Um, each of our departments has uh, courses that meet in sequence. Um, for example, we typically don't have students take uh, calculus before they've taken pre-calculus. You would not take Calc 2 before you've taken Calc 1. Um, and... Uh, in some cases, students will double up in some of these disciplines. Some students like to take multiple English electives. Some students will take stats and calculus, or they'll take algebra two and geometry simultaneously. That's a conversation that happens with a counselor based on their interests. By the same token, that happens in things like science. We do have core classes. We've seen some students that they take physics in grade nine. That's the MCAS class for rising eighth graders. All of our ninth graders take physics. All of our 10th graders take biology. Uh, some of our 11th graders will move on and take chemistry. Some of our 11th graders are taking courses in engineering. Some of our students are taking courses in bio in, um, I'm sorry, in um, the, uh, the, the aquatic ecology environmental science realm. So they don't take chemistry. Um, but again, as we're talking about 10th to 11th grade, that's a conversation with uh, the guidance counselors that'll be happening individually within the next couple of weeks. And I'll have the counselors kind of go through how they're planning on interfacing with the time frame of students as we go along. And, and again, I'm sorry I'm going through this so quickly. I know that if you have questions about English, you can reach out to your child's teacher. You can reach out specifically if you're a student on this. You could talk to your current teacher. You could talk to Ms. Magnall as the... Uh, department leader. Uh, with respect to math, you can reach out to Mrs. Pryor. You can talk to your current teacher. Um, the good news is even this year, uh, despite the, um, the confusion or the challenges of being remote, um, for example, in math, and um, I don't want to put Ms. Pryor on the spot, but, but I know she's here. And, um, and even, you know, I saw this from science and Ms. Larkin, and I know she's here. The, the teachers met together to really make sure that the recommendations that were listed were not done in a vacuum within that department. Now, I can't promise you that the math department and the science department necessarily talk because they're, they're focusing in on what the best course is for the student. And in some cases, um, for example, if you're a ninth grader and we're talking about a ninth grader rising into the 10th grade year, uh, the eighth and the ninth grade teacher were having a conversation about it. And we, we're really quite thorough in how we go about recommending courses so that the student is placed in a class and a level that is really what we believe is most appropriate. Um, and again, science and technology, we, we have sort of partnered them up because they can count as each other's graduation requirements. Um, there are students who in ninth grade will take physics. They'll take, um, you know, let's say algebra two, and they'll take introduction to engineering design. And that's entirely fine. That is perfectly reasonable. 
Um, a lot of times these are students who, when they get to their junior year, are, have moved up through and are taking uh, you know, the, the advanced engineering classes. Um, on social studies, I'm, I'm gonna pause here for a moment because what some folks may have been accustomed to seeing um, was you know, a sequence that started in grade nine with world history and then went US one, US two. We have completely um, revamped how we teach social studies um, and, and um, oh, I'm sorry. Um, Linda, our uh, sign language interpreter is trying to get the, the attention of our other interpreter. You guys got each other? We're good. Okay, <laughs> uh, my, my apologies, Kristen. Um, okay. um, thank you. Um, so, um, Mr. Silbor and his team have revised the, uh, the entire program really, so that this was really the last year of the students who were taking US 1, US 2 as the sequence. And the classes are really thematic. Um, they spend a lot of time working on um, looking at historical documents and thinking like historians. And uh, what I'm really proud of is that um, the students still get a good, really good background in US history, but they also get perspectives of some of the world history that we weren't necessarily getting beyond that ninth grade course. And it's been integrated and woven into all three of the years. Um, and it prepares students really well um, for, uh, for, for the APs in history. And um, if they're planning on studying things like law or political science or being social studies teachers themselves. The one little asterisk to this slide that I will, I will point out some students may choose not to take Global 3 and um, may decide they want to take AP U.S. History or AP Gov and that AP Government and Politics, U.S. Government and Politics, and that is perfectly fine. Um, again, that would be a conversation that they would have when they're registering for courses with their guidance counselor. Well, Mr. Silver, I know you're out there. Can you give me a thumbs up or a yay if I said that right? Nailed it. Nailed it. I love that show. Um, <laughs> Um, we do have a number of electives in social studies, and this is where, um, actually, we, we, we mentioned the, uh, the business and logistics program. This is where, when we go into business and logistics, these will fall under the realm of both social studies and uh, engineering because um, they're both tech ed and social studies to a degree. Um, we also have uh, computer science classes that fall not necessarily in social studies, but on the tech ed side. So we, we have a lot of offerings for students as they get into that, uh, in particular, 10th, 11th, 12th grade years. Um, world language, um, again, those of you who have, have students taking Spanish, um, it's, it's been a remarkable, remarkable shift um, by this department, um, really incredible, um, that the students are essentially done uh, are no, no longer assessed in traditional ways. And they're focusing on learning the language and not memorizing, uh, you know, silly, uh, you know, just sentences and conjugations. And we're finding uh, at this point, even in the midst of a pandemic, that our students are communicating more and learning the language better. Um, so students who are in Spanish one um, and met a certain level of proficiency, move on to Spanish two and so on and so forth. Um, that is all on the uh, course selection sheets that have been provided. Um, there will be some flexibility 
I think toward the end of the year, particularly as students either, um, you know, maybe achieve more as the year goes on or, um, or, or struggle and don't feel like they're ready to move on. And that's again, something to work on with um, any of the Spanish teachers and guidance counselors. Um, I mentioned technology education a couple of minutes ago. Um, we have the first three or four classes are Project Lead the Way classes. Computer Science Essentials is also a full year elective. Uh, you may recall from years past, we had um, a couple of elective classes called um, intra, uh, Construction Engineering and Manufacturing Engineering. We've changed those course syllabi around a little bit to incorporate more of the equipment that we have on hand so that the construction class has now become more of like a materials processing class. And we actually have an elective that focuses solely on CNC um, machining. And Mr. Smutak, I know, I know you're out there as well. Um, the CNC machining course is gonna focus pretty much on the use of the router, the, the engravers and the mill, correct me if I'm wrong. Mr. Demeglio, maybe you know the answer to that. This is not my department. Yeah, I haven't talked to the to the to the guys that in that in that area. Yes, the answer oh. is yes to all of those. I, Mr. Smutak's on a beach. I see him with his thumbs up. That's a wonderful yes. thing. Um, thanks, Mr. Smutak. Yes, that's that's true. Um, as far as music goes, we have classes that run all year. We have classes that run half a year. Um, Again, uh, with, with respect to uh, students who have been in music, I, I know this year has been, again, odd with respect to music. We expect to be uh, back in full music next, next year. Um, and in art, we're, we're running pretty much the same slate of courses um, in fine art um, that we've run in the past with the exception of the last class that you see on that list, the Art Zero class is essentially um, art for students who have never thought they could take an art class ever. Um, the course description, if you look in the in the uh, program of studies, basically says this is the art class for students who are afraid of art. So um, we expect there to be some some interest there. Um, the portfolio honors art class is really specialized for students who are intending on attending art school um, and need to develop a portfolio for application purposes. And all of the other classes, um, you know, drawing and painting, ceramics, that's offered. There's a first course and a second course. Uh, we did offer textile design for the first time this year. It was very successful, very popular. Um, we do expect all of these courses to run next year. Um, the one thing that I will say, particularly with underclassmen is sometimes students sign up for something like ceramics, it fills up. It's one of those courses that is very limited in terms of space because we only have the one kiln. And sometimes students get moved around from art class to art class, um, but that's done through looking at the alternates and talking to uh, the guidance counselors. On the family consumer science and wellness side, um, we have shifted again uh, one, of our, one of our classes uh, hospitality management is like the third course in the foods sequence, um, very independent. Uh, so students who've taken intro to foods and nutrition have taken advanced foods can then take a, a hospitality management. Um, and 
money management um, is the, we had a class called independent living and money management. And that particular class is going to be married against um, the, the intro to finance class that Quinn Sigmund Community College runs so that students who are interested in business have a, have a strong background. Um, for wellness, um, these are the, the classes that we offer. Again, some of them are, are things that students will repeat. Um, the um, bottom three classes are only offered to juniors and seniors, but I say that occasionally we do have it fit a 10th grader schedule or even a ninth grader schedule. And every now and then, not typically ninth grade because the ninth grade now takes their own um, half year uh, wellness class. Um, but the 11th and 12th grade classes, occasionally we may have a 10th grader who, who for whom you know stress management, for example, is, is appropriate. Health uh, in there in the middle is a graduation requirement. I have seen students take it in grade 10. I've seen students take it in grade 11 and some students wait and take it in grade 12. Um, we try to be really flexible with students with their wellness classes um, because we have a lot of offerings. Typically students get into their first or second choice. Um, and this is where, again, I mentioned early college classes, internships, specifically if you're a parent of a, of a rising senior, um, I'm going to turn this back over to the guidance counselors for a moment um, to just touch on um, our process for uh, students who are interested in, in internships or capstone type projects. The key there is that that second bullet is really important. Students have to be very self-directed and they have to be uh, pretty, pretty independent. Um, we, we do not, we don't supervise the internship necessarily on a day-to-day -day basis, but we are in touch with employers. So um, I don't know if any of the counselors want to want to take away uh, take it away for a second and talk about the process there. I'll take this one. Um, so there's a few different options. So for internships, as Mr. Rubin had just mentioned, we don't um, necessarily, we're not sort of on you every day to see what you're doing. Um, students will have a number of periods depending on their internship. Um, there's assignments that do coincide with the internship. Um, we did create a Google Classroom where you have to answer different reflection questions, keep track of a timesheet. Um, there is a... Um, like sort of rating scale that your sort of supervisor would fill out at the end of your internship, because again, we're looking for these more hands-on skills that you're gaining from that internship. Um, in a different avenue, you could, if for juniors and seniors, um, we could talk about potentially doing a capstone. So typically if you, there's a you know, a, a specific area that you're interested in focusing on, um, I know one year a senior was working um, with, in the humanities department to do something because she wanted to do criminal justice. So she came up with a problem herself, did the research, was going to implement a whole solution. Um, so the capstone is also very self-directed where you would work directly with a teacher one-on-one. -on -one. Um, but again, the teacher only oversees it. They're not, you know, monitoring every little thing you do. Um, if there's courses that you're interested in taking that are not offered at Oxford High School, we do work with a number of partners. Um, we have one called eDynamic Learning that has awesome elective options that are a little, just a little bit different than what we currently offer as well as Educeer. Um, these are two online platforms. So even though, um, you know, if we're in the building and in, in person, these are two different opportunities to take fully online 
elective courses. Um, and then this also, you know, the early college that Mr. Rubin had touched upon with Quinn Sigmund Community College, that is, as well is very, you know, independent. It's with a QCC professor. Um, the classes are not a set schedule time. So it's really up to you to maintain your, you know, position in that class by doing the work. Cause there's not going to be someone on you like, Hey, did you pass that in? I, I'm still missing this. It, it truly is run as a college course. Thank you, Ms. Smith. Um, I am just going to jump ahead. So here's our timeline. Um, right now we're doing our, our parent uh, our parent meeting with, with all you folks. Um, late March, um, March 22nd, we're meeting with our grade seven parents uh, to talk with them about uh, sort of the transition. It's a different presentation than this one um, because their course selections are actually less independent. There aren't a lot of electives for people to choose. Um, currently, um, the teachers have made um, recommendations and the students have received a printout if they haven't already, especially if they're remote, we have them that has those course recommendations. When we get to late March, uh, mid to late March, um, the counselors are gonna meet with the students in uh, small groups to um, transpose what is on that course recommendation sheet into our system. And during that time, if there are individual questions that come up, there will be, if it's a quick question, the counselors will answer the question and, and be, be on their way with the student. If it's a longer conversation or a longer question, um, we'll you know, put a little flag on, the, uh, on the, the course selection sheet, a little tab on the top of it, and we will uh, have the student conference uh, with the counselors a little bit more elaborately. Uh, the goal would be that um, after late March into early April, we'd be able to, to, to confirm all of the course selections and uh, be able to start you know, putting kids into classes for next year, um, understanding that there could be some flexibility uh, based on what kids take uh, and how they perform toward the end of, of this year. Um, Counselors, uh, does that sound process-wise? Am I missing anything for you guys? No, yeah, it sounds about right. Um, so, you know, we just gave, we just finished today giving all the students their course selection sheets. So we gave cohort A their sheets on Tuesday. Um, we emailed all the remote students their course selection sheets. So they do have it remotely. If they do want a physical copy of it, they can feel free to email their counselor and come pick it up from the main office. We'll leave it there for them. Um, and then we gave out cohort B today. Um, so they all have their course selection sheet. So we gave them next week to kind of look over their course selection sheet with um, their parents and guardians, just to go over elective choices. They can get descriptions of all the electives in our program of studies. Um, if they do disagree with any of the recommendations made by their teacher, then they'll have that next week to kind of talk with their teacher about their recommendation. Um, and then, not next week, the week after, we'll start coming into classes and helping them input that. Um, and as Mr. Rubin said, if they have any um, more concerns that we can't answer in that short presentation, then we can they can schedule a meeting to meet with us. And I know there was a question in the in the chat about the um, the timeline. I hope that answers it. If it doesn't, I'll come back to it uh, again in a little bit. 
Um, we will then let everyone know when we have everything inputted. It'll be viewable to families and students on um, on um, iParent, iStudent. Um, I believe, correct, Mr. Demeglio. We make it viewable so they could see what they've requested. Yes, and it, it is. It, and if at that point there are changes, we will make those changes um, at that time, including overrides. Also, um, if there were any um, classes that um, don't run, you know, the class was selected. It was a class that a student wanted to take, and we've decided we we can't run it because of lack of enrollment. We will come up with options. Uh, it happens every now and then. It has happened. Um, it happened this past year, and sometimes if, if we run into a situation where um, there's a course that a student needs for a graduation requirement and we have to look really outside the box, we do that individually. If there's been any mistake, these course selection sheets are not perfect. Uh, it was done with a merge. Uh, so if something didn't translate from our course recommendation sheet at this point, um, send an email to uh, the guidance counselor or that particular, uh, the, the teacher of record for this year. Um, but I would say the guidance counselor and, and say like, look, my son's missing an English class. My son's missing a math class. What's going on here? Uh, chances are it's in the system, but we, uh, there was a translation issue somewhere along the line. Um, the last thing that sometimes comes up between now and June is, uh, Sometimes a student is, is trying to take a class for which they have not met a prerequisite. And then June comes and they've had a really great last quarter and they do make a prerequisite. Um, if that happens, um, that should say June, 2021, I'm sorry. Um, we would ask that, you know, we'll, we'll work with those out individually. It, it's infrequent, but sometimes it does happen. So when we get to like individual questions, if there's an individual question of, why was my child or why was I as a student recommended um, for honors English and I really think I should have been in college prep or vice versa, we would ask that you get in touch with your current teacher. Um, if you're not sure about a specific class, um, you know, I, I was recommended for taking uh, pre-calc, but I'm thinking that I may be better off just taking... Um, intro to college math. Um, that's where we would have you reach out to the, the department leader, uh, the counselor, the administrator, or, or to us, and we could give you the specifics of uh, the difference in the classes. Um, and then looking at the overall picture of the, the program, that all starts and goes through the counselor. And that includes overrides. Um, I think one of the things that sometimes happens is a student is recommended for college prep, the parent says, nope, we're going to charge forward with honors. And we do have an override process. Um, I'm going to have Ms. Smith uh, touch base on that with everybody because sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And we want to keep uh, the best interest of the student in mind. So Ms. Smith. Thank you, Ms. Rubin. So for um, the course recommendations, for example, say you're um, if the student's recommended for honors level, but in looking at the overall course load, you wanna balance. A student does not need to override the recommendation of the teacher to drop down a level to college prep. 
However, if a student is recommended for college prep and after discussion, you know, with the student and, you know, their parents, they decide we would like to move forward with honors. There's a form that, um, the student would get from their school counselor and it goes over just some specific information about what overriding that recommendation means. And basically we have the student talk with the teacher so that their current teacher, so they get an understanding as to why they were recommended for college prep and not honors or honors and not AP. And then we, they would have to get that sort of signed off on by the teacher that they at least had the conversation. The parent has to sign off on it and then it goes to administration and then back to us. And in that override form, it has specific um, information about the different levels of the classes and what the, the expectations are. And that if you are overriding the teacher's recommendation to move up a level that you understand you cannot drop down. Um, so if you override to an honors level and a month into the class, it does turn out that it is a little too much. It's not a simple, we're just going to drop down to college prep. Um, there's a little bit more that would go into it than that. So that's just a bigger conversation that we, we have the override form to sort of create that conversation, make sure that everyone's aware of what can happen. Um, but at the end of the day, if a student in their families choose to move forward with honors, we, we can do that no problem. Thank you, Ms. Smith. Um, the other question that, that I think has come up, and I, I haven't gone back through the chat just yet, but uh, something that came up, and this is, this is unique to us because we're finally seeing uh, some of our eighth graders that came with, here with us as eighth graders for the first time are starting to be upperclassmen now, and, um, which is, which is kind of cool and nice to see them developing. And um, one thing that comes up every year is, what that was taken in the eighth grade counts towards graduation requirements and what, what does not. The short answer is with respect to graduation requirements, uh, the only things that count towards graduation requirements are the things that are taken in grades nine through 12. Um, however, there are some cases where for, for example, if a student is applying to a four-year school and they took Spanish two in grade nine and Spanish three in grade 10, um, the colleges may recognize that as three full years of, of, of a language. That's consistent with what we've heard from other schools that offer the language in grade eight, um, but it's something to talk about individually with the school counselor. Um, a student who passes algebra one in grade eight or math in grade eight, that doesn't count towards one of their four years of, of math or English. Um, so there's the kind of the, the biggest discrepancy, if you will, but students who, who the, the, I think the, the one that becomes, comes up the most is the world language. Uh, students who get to the junior year and want to not take a world language class because they want to take another uh, engineering class or a, a, an art class, or they are interested in taking another social studies elective, or they're thinking about the business pathway and onboarding because they want to study business. Um, there are ways for us to, you know, work through the schedule and not have that have a detrimental effect on a, an application to a to a four year school. Um, I'm going to put the some folks. Uh, I'm going to check the chat, see if there are any questions that uh, I haven't answered yet, or folks here haven't answered. Um, most of our CNI leaders are here tonight, but their names are are here. If you have anything that would be for the good of the order about 
one of those disciplines that you think one of these folks might be able to answer tonight, uh, feel free to type it in. Uh, but again, oh, there's see, this time I got Ms. Smutok's name on there, right? Um, but if you have specific questions, again, you can always reach out to me. You can reach out to Mr. Demeglio. You heard the counselors chime in tonight. Um, our department leaders, the individual teachers, everybody has uh, everyone's best interests in mind. So um, I don't know if any of the department leaders want to want to jump in um, and add anything that I forgot about your disciplines while I'm scanning the chat for questions. If I hear nothing, I'll say that's a good thing. I just wanted to add for course selection sheets that your students received. We'll be collecting those from them when we come into their classes in the next few weeks. So um, just have them hang tight onto those. If you know your student is someone that may lose their sheet, maybe um, you know have them put in a certain place at home. Um, but we will be coming into the classes and not next week. Next week, we're giving them that week to work with their teachers and um, parents to pick electives the week after that. Um, so they can hang on to their sheets until we come to the classes to collect them. Uh, a question just popped up, Miss um, Miss Pryor. You'd be able to uh, probably answer this best. I know you're. I know you're out there somewhere. Um, with respect to upper class maths, if if a student struggles with calculus, uh, what are the other options? And I, I think this is where you know you and I have talked about. Um, I've talked about in the past. We've talked about statistics. We've talked about college math, and we've even talked about the college math that's offered <laughs> through the college. Um, but perhaps you can uh, shed some light on, on where students end up in the upper, le upper level maths. Uh, that's exactly right. Our college prep statistics is a very popular course with a lot of majors in college. Um, it, it takes into account a lot of things that the college statistics will be teaching you. Um, we do have our intro to college math, which is like a college algebra type course that you would take your first year in college. Um, we also offer the Quinn Sig courses that students can take on their own as well. Um, if the calculuses are not where they want to end up. And, and they're not mutually exclusive either. I mean, there are sometimes students who will take a calculus college prep as a junior and then stats as a senior and we have pretty good success with the calculus college prep class, I would say. The students yeah. who take that do well with it. Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, AP is not for everybody. I mean, let's be real. I mean, the kids do well in there as well, um, especially when we're doing those, those, those volumes of Revolution, Ms. Breyer. That was fun. Thanks for including me. <laughs> um, the other questions, uh, again, if there was something left blank or without a recommendation, let us know. Like I said, it was probably something that got lost in translation. Um, any of the other department leaders, um, Mr. Demeglio, anything anything you think we forgot? No, I, I, I think, you know, parents, please take uh, take your time. Go over those sheets with the kids. It is important. This is uh, it is important to them. It is important to look at those courses um, and, uh, you know, don't. Like Mr. Rubin said, ask questions. We're, we're here for you. Um, and we, we certainly don't mind answering answering those questions. Just pick up the phone or, or email, whichever is easier. Love to hear from you. Um, this slideshow, um, one thing I did wanna just point out before we go, um, this slideshow, if you um, go to our website, this is the Uxbridge High School website, and you click on students and families, um, 
and then you click on academics, everything from our uh, presentation with respect to course selection and scheduling is on the academics page. Um, so you'll see it right here on the left. All of our information about um, early colleges here, um, our pathways are here. Uh, some of the information about the Project Lead the Way courses are here. Um, so, you know, we've, we've, we've feel like this is one of those things that is, though it's changed a little bit, is still fairly normal with respect to whatever we would have done in the past. And um, one thing that I will say that um, as, I, as I stop sharing my screen and, and just kind of wrap things up here, one thing that um, I wanted to make sure I, I mentioned before we left, because this is one of those questions that comes up, uh, about three or four weeks ago, um, I did a quick straw poll of our department leaders and said, you know, hey, how are our classes going? Where are we? Uh, do we do we need to worry about like classes finishing on time? Um, you know, and and you know the, the the feedback I got was, you know, there have been some places where we've we've obviously moved the finish line based on uh, based on some of the circumstances of the school year. There's no question that we're we're not getting through as much as we would have in some cases, just based on um, just based on you know the amount of of time we lost at the beginning of the year and uh, some of the other challenges that we've had with the pandemic. Nobody said that they weren't going to finish their courses. Uh, everybody said, you know, uh, you know, I was in a principals meeting last week, and um, some of the other principals were saying that their AP classes aren't going to finish. Um, they're not going to be ready for the test. And that was not something that anybody at Uxbridge High School has articulated. And uh, that's a credit to, to these folks who have just worked their tails off um, since before last September to, to normalize a completely abnormal situation. So I'm, I'm eternally grateful on behalf of your students for their work. Um, I know that the, the work that they put in in the last couple of weeks with me cracking the whip on get these course recommendations done was done thoughtfully. Um, and they're more than happy to have conversations with you about what um, considerations you you may have for, for your, your, your future schedules next year, post-secondary, college, work, all of the above. Um, and I, I didn't want that to be... Uh, I did not want that to go without saying. Um, the other thing I will leave you with is uh, we're going to be planning a town hall for the next week or so, um, just in uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, planning next steps with respect to uh, what we're trying to do with uh, with respect to the commissioner's announcement last week. So uh, as we have more information, we will get that to you. Um, I'm right now at the mercy of, of uh, people that pay higher pay grades than me. And hopefully that will uh, will all iron out in the next few weeks because we're looking forward to at some point uh, having students back. So I um, I'm 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 really grateful though for the for the work folks have done. Mr. D, you want to add anything before we say goodnight? No, I think uh, I think you've uh, I think you've touched on everything. Uh, I think it, this has been very thorough. Um, we've done a lot of them together. I think this is one of your best, Mr. Rubin. Nice uh, job. Well, I've. Thanks. I'm going on fumes. I need to go get another cup of coffee. Um, counselors, anything before we say goodnight? Anything we forgot? I would just like to add one last piece. Um, it was briefly touched upon, but 
the course requests are simply that they're requests. We are not taking these requests in, you know, April building their schedules for the upcoming school year. Um, so things that we do like to pay attention to is even if your students recommended for CP, sometimes by the time June rolls around, that may change. So we're definitely open to having conversations before school gets out with, you know, the students and teachers, if there's any changes that need to be made to recommendations. Thanks, Ms. Smith. Um, just to add to any eighth grade parents that, um, going into ninth grade, um, you have students going into ninth grade, um, on the back of, of your elective sheet for your student, just have them add um, some alternative electives as well, other than circling um, those three. Um, just, just, excuse me. That is just so if um, the classes they choose are full or they don't fit in their schedule because of other classes they're taking, we're still giving them some classes they're interested in. Um, so just having them write an extra few on the back would be really helpful as well. Okay. I think I'm going to hit stop record yep. and say to everyone, have a great night. If you need us for